Hi everyone, welcome back to my podcast. This is Kat here. Yesterday I launched part two of my documentary, so you can go check it out on YouTube right now. Um, I also on Monday went to an event. Um, it was put on by SCORE, an organization that helps small businesses get started in the community. So it was SCORE's Silicon Valley Conference and Expo, and it was for women and um, minorities to help them um, with their businesses. Um, so there was kind of a bunch of booths where a bunch of women-owned or minority-owned startups were or businesses um, were displayed there. You could talk to them. Um, also, different resources um, like networking groups and stuff, they were there too as resources. And there was a keynote speaker, which I want to write about on my blog because I took pictures of her. Um, but she was the creator of As Needed Bakery. So she just started from scratch cooking in her kitchen and loving to break bake bread and then um she kind of grew from there and so now she has a bunch of wholesale accounts a retail store in san leandro and everything whole staff so it's a really inspiring story so i will be posting about that but for this podcast i wanted to talk about a roundtable discussion that i uh, was sitting in on um so it was led by julia koch don't know how to pronounce it but it's koc for her last name um and she was talking about funding uh, i was interested you know still on this binge of like trying to learn more about finances and funding um just so that i can always know my options um for the future so uh, I thought it was really interesting information because she is an entrepreneur, she's an angel investor, she's a mentor to other businesses, she's created start nonprofits as well, so she's just like really knowledgeable and just so uh, kind and willing to share. So, um, you know, she sat through and talked about uh, a lot of different topics and also uh, just just answering a bunch of our questions too. <clears throat> Um, so yeah, I wanted to just give an overview of what she talked about in case any of you are interested in getting funding for your startup idea. So there are two different types of financing. She talks about there's debt financing and equity financing. So debt financing is where you go get a loan like from a bank or um, some type of uh, non-financial institution. You can get a, a line of credit. Basically, you borrow the money, and then you have to pay it back with interest. Um, and she also mentioned this organization called Working Solutions, which helps like put together a creative ways for you to get funding from these different sources, maybe multiple banks or, or money from different ways. And so, um, yeah, I was going to look into that because I never heard of that before. Um, the other option of financing is equity financing. And this is like um, where you can get like venture capital funding. Basically, you don't have to pay back the money um, on a certain timetable with interest. You know, they're really lending you the money so that you can grow quickly so that um, eventually you'll have an exit. And that's when the investors will get their money back. Um so those are the two different types, and um, she talks about how like when you're going to go get the money and pitch for the money, don't spend too much time on a business plan. Like um, It really just has to be like a skeletal plan, like a one-page executive summary that talks about your business. 
a sales forecast, like where you want to be, and pricing for your product or service, as well as um, include consistent assumptions. Kind of like what I talked about in the last podcast, you want to um, be reasonable about your estimates in terms of like, uh, you know, the growth, like you can't just jump from like $10,000 to like a million dollars in one year, just like reasonable types of assumptions like that, um, that your investor or whoever the bank is going to be looking at just to make sure that it um, looks okay. And um, she talks about how, yeah, you can also ask for funding from family, friends, and fools. Basically, fools is what she calls herself, just like the other investors, because really, these investors, they're risking a lot of their money, they're likely to lose their money if they (laughs) invest in these businesses, but they're hoping that, you know, for every five or for every X number of businesses, there's going to be one that really hits it out of the park and provides a huge return um, that basically minimizes the other losses. So... She kind of talked about the profile of these investors. Um, They're usually serial entrepreneurs, not just like someone who created one company and sold it, but the fact that they've created multiple companies and sold them. They've usually, so they've learned how to start companies, how to scale them, and then how to sell them. And along the way, from working on all these companies, they have accumulated their wealth, and now they want to help others by giving back and investing in them. So, um, let's see, what else did she say? A good way to kind of um, get introduced to the whole world of pitching to investors and stuff is to go to like pitch events. Uh, There's a bunch in Silicon Valley, and I don't know about where you live, but um, yeah, if you look on Eventbrite, you could probably find a pitch event uh, where startups are basically pitching to investors, and she says it's a good place to learn where you can just observe what the um, entrepreneurs are doing and, you know, see what works or doesn't work and then try to apply it and improve yourself. Um, And what she's learned after all these years of investing is that, you know, no idea is a crazy idea. Um, She has seen ideas where she's like, oh, that's never going to work. And then it like (laughs) turns out to be this really good and profitable idea that goes IPO. So, you know, she doesn't discount any of those ideas. And she just believes that you need to have a relentless pursuit to go after the idea and execute. Like for her background, she has done three um, for-profit companies and she's successfully exited out of them and she's also done two nonprofits and exited out of those I believe so um, it's kind of interesting because she says that like for nonprofits like you're not charging your customers but like it's still run like a business in that you still need to um, be able to cover your expenses for the nonprofit and have a reserve so you have to be as sustainable and um, be around long term, just like a business. So, um, yeah, uh, that was interesting. She also talks a little bit about her, how she started. Like, she started as a sole proprietor, which is her, and then um, she expanded and or she changed into like a corporation. And then I think for her other businesses, those have also been corporations. And she had to, in order to like fundraise money, she just had to go and ask a lot of the banks in the beginning when she didn't have money. And um, 
she, I think she asked like four banks at, or financial institutions at one time once, and then she got a little bit from each. So basically that added up to like $250,000 in money that was lent to her that she was able to use to start her business. Um, so yeah, I think I... I never thought about that, like pooling those resources. It's kind of like what she was talking about with working solutions, how they kind of like pull money from different sources so that you can get the loan that you need. Um, But yeah, I always thought of like, oh, you go to the bank and ask for like them to give you a loan. And um, yeah, so I never thought about like, you know, spreading your eggs in different baskets and just asking a lot of them. And um, she also talked about how, yeah, it's not easy. Well... It's that like you have to be persistent in asking for the money because she talked about one entrepreneur who had to um, ask 62 sources in order to finally get funding from one of them. So that's a lot of no's to go through. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think the more I talk to entrepreneurs or hear their stories, I just realize how much of a tolerance you need to deal with rejection and the no's um, in order to get the yes that you finally want. So um, that takes serious guts and patience. Um, she, Some people ask about like, oh, how do you go and meet like angel investors? And, and she talks about how there's like angel groups in the Bay Area where a bunch of these investors will, I don't know, talk or or congregate together um to invest um so i don't know of any angel groups but i think maybe if you google it you could find it um she's talked about this thing i i'm gonna butcher the name carrot Karatasu forum um i've heard of them before but they're basically uh, for investors as well um and angel capital association I think we'll list like angel groups in the United States. Um, in the Business Times, there's also an angel groups list uh, in the Bay Area. And then someone mentioned that there's LinkedIn groups as well for this. So I guess you just have to like Google it and search for this. And then like one breadcrumb will lead to another. And hopefully you can find begin to find where these investors are. Um and I think she mentioned the foundation is another good resource. Um, they have workshops and seminars on how to find funding. Um, and um, if you're specific, like, like ethnic background or something, like there's certain um, there's like certain funds available to help uh, women businesses or minority owned businesses, or if you. Um, call yourself a social entrepreneur you might that also might increase your chances depends um but like social entrepreneurship is where you're doing something good for society so you know um that might be able that could um um help you find some different types of funds um and oh so like this goes into like the questions that people had in the group like someone asked like oh well they have an idea they want to pitch it to investors but they don't they don't want someone to like steal their idea so how do you deal with that like catch 22 problem and she talked about how like um it's if the idea is like super copyable then you probably don't want to pursue it because then someone else can just rip you off. Um, but if um, 
there is like some intellectual property there. You can protect it with copyright, trademark, patent, or something. She says like patent pending is like a less expensive option. Um, but yeah, that is hard because she talked about how the story of care.com, and I didn't know this either. Care.com, I think, helps you find caretakers for your family members who need uh, like special care. Um, and, or maybe it's also nannies too, but anyways, uh, care.com is a huge platform. Um, and apparently they got started by like ripping off the idea of another entrepreneur. (laughs) So there's a bunch of lawsuits involved in that. Um, but yeah, there is the danger in someone taking your idea. Um, but, but, you know, of course, like the execution is the hardest part. So yeah, um, for her, she talks about how um, she has, like, like everyone has a secret sauce for how they, like, do their business or whatever. And she talks about, you know, just be careful and kind of safeguard that, that special sauce that you have. Um, so when she would, like, train up her teams and stuff like that, like, one group would, um, like, she would you know, keep the like different functions of the company kind of separate. So like no one person kind of knew like all the other parts of the business so that it was just so that only she kind of had all the parts to get that, that would t- to put together that would create the uh, the successful business. And so um, kind of training people specifically for their task um, kind of, keeps them in in their specific role um if that makes sense um so yeah there is some type of like protection around um your business and um someone asked about recipes as well for like a food company if you have like a special recipe like how do you protect that um and she says that's also like kind of like your own secret sauce or your tricks that only you know how to do when you're making the recipe. Like just because you write out the ingredient list and directions doesn't mean that someone can completely replicate it. Um, so in that way, like it's fine. You don't really need to protect or like to go through formal. There is no way to formally protect a recipe, but that it's still okay because um, the person creating it still has like certain techniques that other people don't know. Um, yeah, and then she talked about, like, kind of things, pitfalls, things to, like, try to watch out for, because, um, as an investor, you know, people will talk to her about their idea and try to ask for money and stuff, and they'll, like, literally put, like, their phone or, like, their iPad right up to her and be like, oh, look, look at my app, and they'll start showing it to her, and they'll be like, like, then they'll ask her for money or something, or to invest, and she's like, it doesn't work that way, like, you can't just see the product really quickly, and then decide to invest, um, so she talks about, like, you need to, like, build a relationship with investor for them to get to know you, to trust you with their money, and, um, so yeah, it just takes several meetings, or more to develop that trust. Um, it's not, and it's not just about meeting them and asking them for money right away. Um, what else? And there's also different types of investors. She talks about like early stage investors, uh, where like the idea is just like in its infancy almost. Like it might have been proven a little bit. You might have like one customer maybe. So like it's really a big gamble um, to invest in that company. But of course, the payoff is 
greater um, if they do well. So there's like the early stage investors, but then there's also the late stage investors where the late stage investors are like maybe more the VCs where like there is like some traction um, for that business already. And then the investors come in um, with additional funding to help them grow further. Um, so yeah, um, those were basically the, the biggest takeaways. She also said that, you know, building a team um, is just super challenging um, and, you know, training them. Because like at any moment, you know, people might leave or, you know, you just like can't expect, <laughs> like you, yeah, there's, <laughs> you can't like control all the variables involved when there's like a team involved. And so she talks about how like, you know, building a team is, you know, correctly is like harder than, you know, finding money. So um, to really be mindful of that um, and to have backup plans, you know, so like if that you don't put all you don't put like the weight of your business on like a single person or something that like, you know, they have a, you have a backup for that person in case like the, they decide to leave or whatever so that, um, yeah, things can still run smoothly. And she emphasizes like writing down procedures and documentation, especially if you want to sell your company in the future, like you want to have it all written down so someone can come in and pick up where you took off. So yeah, um, those were, the things that I learned, incredibly helpful and um, just really insightful because it was just from an investor's point of view um, and kind of a high level, um, like high level overview of things. So um, I really enjoyed it and I hope this was helpful to you. Oh, geez, this was a really long podcast. <laughs> okay, well, I'm off to the gym, so I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.